0: is Kristen Hedgecock and I'm Ash Matson. You're listening to
1: APTA Sophia, which means useful wisdom in the pursuit of biblical womanhood.
0: Welcome friends to episode five of APTA Sophia. My name is Ash Matson. I'm here with my beautiful co-host Kristen Hedgecock.
1: And hello, and we have a little bonus co-host, a little, yes. little Winnie. Yes. You can hear all of her sweet little coos. I just love it.
0: Winter Belle has been born. Yay! She is actually almost a month old now. I know. It's and crazy. she makes a lot of noise. A lot of little, like, grunty, squirmy noises. So you will hear her in the background today while we record. So we we just finished recording a series discussing a woman's role in the family, in the church, and in society, and today we wanted to talk about the character qualities that women are called to cultivate in scripture, but before we dive into that part of the discussion, I wanted to flip a question over to Kristen, a very important would-you-rather this is kind of a... That's the best
1: part of our episodes, really. <laughs> yes. It's so, if you don't listen to anything the else most, we say...
0: The most thought-provoking... This is the gospel
1: right here. No.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, would you rather be stuck on a ski lift that broke down or be stuck in an elevator that broke down? Oh, man.
1: Is there wind when you're on the ski lift?
0: Ooh. Usually. Usually just because of how high you are. Yeah. Hmm. Are you afraid of heights? Do you have a phobia? I mean, I
1: think normal phobias. Like, swinging in a chairlift would make me a little bit nervous. (sighs) That's the worst part. That's why I asked if there was the wind. But... Being stuck in an elevator—is the elevator stuck on the ground level? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Why well, you gotta qualify it? Let's say like I know. worst I'm case scenario. Really hard. So let's say you're at the highest point of the ski lift and there's wind. Okay. Or the you're in a very story. creaky, like groany, old elevator on the very top of a very tall building. Um, am I answering this now? Yes. Okay. I'm putting you on the spot for serious this time. Okay. Um,
1: I think I'd rather be stuck in a um, chairlift. Because in general, you have the big, poofy snow directly under. I don't know. It depends on the chairlift because not, it's not always big and poofy. But I feel like the rescue is easier. I could just fall into a net. Whereas if I'm stuck in an elevator, I'm pretty much falling to my death.
0: Yeah, I I think you're pretty much falling to your death either way. <laughs> well, they have, you when know, it's like just... when
1: you're jumping from a building, not when you're, you know, not like it's an everyday thing, but at least they <laughs> you, see know, it, you know, when you're just jumping out of buildings. You know, when you're jumping out of buildings. Um, like the fire department has, the, maybe it's just in the movies, maybe maybe that, but, you know, in the movies – Maybe in real life, but I feel like it's a real life thing. The fire department has the big net thing where you can jump on. I feel like the ski patrol would have something similar to that because I'm sure they have to plan for an occasion such as this.
0: For people to have to jump out of a ski lift? Yeah. Oof. No thanks. Yeah. I hate being cold. That's another part of it that would drive me nuts. Yeah. it makes me want to punch somebody Could like be one whole... of those really
1: fancy gondola or chair lifts where it's all enclosed
0: uh yeah, yeah i just can't there
1: are some that make me nervous though
0: for sure even riding them i can't have a conversation when people try to have a casual chat with you when you're going on the ski lift i can't do it i just like stutter and stammer <laughs> and like grip no yeah uh-uh. no
1: that yeah the lowering bar is secure in front of me but you know what I get most scared of when I'm on the ski lift? Hmm. Getting off of it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> There's so
1: much pressure yeah. to not fall when you're getting off of the chairlift because you don't want to be that person. that that holds up the chairlift. <laughs> that maybe causes the chairlift to break down and everybody sits there swinging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, I get most nervous. Like I still do like my beginner level, you know, okay, ski tips up, lean forward, and ski. I have this mantra that goes into my head when I dis dismount. I don't know. I don't know what the right word Get Dismount, off. Yeah.
0: yeah. That makes it sound fancy.
1: Dismount. Oh, this the ski lift. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or this chair lift. Yeah.
0: Even when you're like riding up and you go past the bar, like the yeah. connecting bar. Yeah. And it like goes over that little boop Yeah. Nope. Yep. Nope. I'm afraid of heights though, if you can't tell. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not afraid of heights
1: really. Um, but I would be more afraid of them if I was swinging in a chairlift but I definitely would I think the claustrophobia would be a little bit much in an elevator I think I would freak out more in an elevator on the top floor being stuck
0: it would be hellish for me if I was stuck in an elevator with other people if I was just by myself, I would probably take a nap. <laughs> so one time this happened
1: at my work, where there was a doctor that was stuck in our elevator for three hours. Ooh. Like in our staff elevator that goes like the one that we use for emergencies for three hours it, we could the fire department had to come. like the hospital <laughs> had to call the fire department. To come and fix our elevator. Because I, I didn't know this until this I didn't happened. Know they did that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because no they fire. have a special override. The fire department people have a special fire department key to every single elevator. And that's how they but it took three hours. So I don't know. I don't know what that says about the uh the fire department, Kirkland PD, but or fire department, not PD, but <laughs>
0: Fire department, police department. Police department, ever? They... You know what?
1: It's 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 my, it's not my bed. It's my me time. It is bedtime. It is bedtime, which equals my me time, if there is such a thing. Mm-hmm. But you know what I mean? The time without kids where I can just, I don't have to think anymore.
0: Yes. I wish I, I could <clears throat> think. I feel like at this point, I'm not capable of thinking. So there's nothing to turn off. <laughs> Do firemen save cats out of trees, or is that just in kids' books?
1: Um have you ever so seen that I've happen? I've never seen a fireman save a cat from a tree. I have seen firemen save ducks that baby ducks <laughs> that that is not a baby duck. That is that's a,
0: a baby gats baby baker screaming in his yeah. crib, yeah.
1: Um <clears throat> and so we had those grates, you know, that go over sewers. Mm-hmm. So we had a resident in our old neighborhood, a resident um, duck family that would have baby chicks every year, and every year this happened, the mother would walk her baby chicks, and I get this, I've told you before, I get bad postpartum, yeah. <laughs> would walk her baby chicks over the grate, and they would fall down <gasps> in the sewer. You get this? You're like, I get, <laughs> like, I get this. I've had you think she too did many it? this year. Do I you, just need to oh just drop you. Do I'm overwhelmed. Do you think she meant to do it? I don't think so. I think she's a duck and her brain is the <laughs> size duck. of a half of pea. Is that the part that you get just being brainless at that point? Being brainless and being like, I'm overwhelmed. Let's go for a walk. And if a couple, you know. Oh my gosh. No. <laughs> I'm kidding. I love all of my kids. <laughs> all Every single one of them. I've never wished them to fall down a sewer. But you know, you know the part where you just like, I'm overwhelmed and I just need to walk away. And, you know. So anyway, so we have called the fire department. Because we didn't know what else to do, to rescue the baby ducks from the sewer, and they did come. And then, like the fourth year that it happened, it always happened this every single year in May or anyway in the spring. They said we can't come and do this call anymore. (laughs) So then one of our neighbors like Jerry rigged this um this long, like pole that um you know those. Pool poles. Yeah. With the hooks. Yeah. So he put a net on the end of that. And so that was he was our official like duck rescuer. This neighbor. Cute. It was like ex-military like spy sniper guy. Oh you should and make him a badge. He was just like you know as big and burly as he was tall just super and then he's just like cares about the ducks. The, the little It was super cute. So yeah we'd be like Mark.
0: He needs a vest and, a, and, like, a little badge. Oh, yeah, again. Yeah. yeah. Oh, precious. Well, wow. that now that we've too. settled that.
1: <laughs> that derailed real quick.
0: Now that we've settled that. <laughs> all right. Before we move on, we need to... We're not, we're Open not. up our apps
1: to look <laughs> like,
0: at our notes. <laughs> need to I need to look at our we're finding another. Would you rather these are all oh, really I don't awful. Think
1: you didn't actually answer yours, would you rather? I did.
0: Absolutely. I would love to be in the an elevator. elevator. Oh yeah,
1: that's right. To take love a nap. to be in an elevator
0: because I would be at least there would be some sort of like temperature control. <laughs> There's a chance yeah. that I could take a nap. Uh-huh. Going to the bathroom would be difficult, but I wouldn't be required to jump into a net. I wouldn't be cold. There wouldn't be any wind, any like wind reminding me that I'm teetering on the edge of death.
1: But the creakiness of the elevator. While you're like 99 stories. That yeah. would freak you out.
0: No, I feel like I would have a better chance of surviving <clears> an elevator <throat> crash than a ski lift. Than I a assume. ski lift. Yeah.
1: We'll have to google that.
0: I'm sure there's a movie about it somewhere.
1: Okay. What are the odds? I'm sure like Mythbusters or something has done an episode on stuff like that. Did you ever watch that show?
0: Mythbusters? Yeah. Yes. I wasn't like a huge fan.
1: Okay. Done talking about that.
0: Did you like that show? Oh my
1: gosh. Yeah. I think I've seen every.
0: But that's just
1: me and my quirky quirkiness
0: they just wanted to suck the whimsy out of life they just like (laughs) all of the i feel like they're just dream killers they killed every dream that was what they went that's what they set out to do they said no did they yeah they did a bigfoot one you can't do a big you can't debunk bigfoot in like a 30 30 minute episode this is our would you rather for our next episode would you rather be forced to sing along or dance to every single song you hear? And you don't have to answer it now.
1: Oh, I already know what I'm, I already know what my answer is. Can you,
0: oh, I like, yeah. Well, let's talk about it on our next episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good <laughs> one. All our, the no, other I, ones were about poop and like weird stuff. Like, would you rather lock eyes with somebody through a bathroom stall or walk in on somebody? Yeah. Super creepy. Strangeness type. on the inner, inner webs. Okay. So this, this, on this episode, we are wanting to dive into the verses in scripture that specifically speak to women in regards to the character traits that we are to be cultivating and the character traits that we are to be avoiding or the habits or patterns of sin that we are specifically to be avoiding as women. Okay, Kristen, so why don't we start with The most controversial part of this. Okay. Oh, boy. This question (laughs) Are there certain sins or temptations that women are innately more susceptible to by virtue of their gender? And we're talking just about scripture. Are there passages of scripture that indicate that there are certain things that we are going to struggle with that men specifically do not struggle with in the same way?
1: Mm hmm. Um,. Can I just get the short answer?
0: <laughs> yes. And
1: it is, is right the first book of the Bible within the first three chapters. Huh. And I think every married person, every married woman is like, oh, this is why. It's part of our curse. So... In Genesis 3, which I don't have it, do you have it? Yeah, Genesis I it. three sixteen. I have the verse, but I didn't have it written out. So do you yeah, want to read that? Yeah, I'll read it
0: right now. So in Genesis 3, verse 16, talking about the curse that was put on women specifically. To the woman, he said, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain, you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband, and he shall rule over you. like
1: oh man that's hard yeah I was asking my husband I'm like how like talk to me about this verse (laughs) and you know he said another you know way to to read like in your desire will be contrary to your husband would be like your desire will be in opposition to or adversarial to your husband. And boy, do we not struggle with that for sure. Um, and that's that's a unique temptation
0: mm-hmm.
1: to wives specifically, <laughs> is that we have this deep desire for our husbands to lead, but we do that simultaneously when we aren't reigning in our fleshly nature. Uh, Simultaneously, we're looking for ways to overthrow his leadership. And it just, that sin, just, and temptation affects every single aspect of life together. From just living with each other, um, from parenting, to how one may do housework, to, um, you know, uh, personal family and discipleship uh, just, yeah, the way your husband leads, you just, auto- well, I don't do it that way. Why are you doing it that way? Just automatically first three months of marriage, I bet you, you will have, or remember, I certainly do. Um, why, why do you do it that way? That's not the way. What? <laughs> you know, it's just, right. yeah. And it can go deeper than that. I'm being superficial and, you know, Stuff like that. But, um yeah, it is something that we, in particular, as women, as wives, are just have a
0: propensity to, for sure. Right. It's a distortion of what God intended for men and women in relationship within the covenant of marriage. Mm-hmm. So God created us to be led and to be a helper to the man mm-hmm. and to come alongside him and to— and for him to um, lead in love, yeah, and to lead righteously and only lead in the way that God <clears throat> would have him go, right, not lead in his own sinful direction, or right not lead, you know, in a flawed way, yeah, but because of the fall, not only is there this. Tension from the side of the woman in wanting to usurp that role and wanting to step into her husband's shoes and be the one who leads. But there's also this corruption of the way that the husband relates to the woman in that he's ruling over. He's ruling, you know. Yeah. Your desire is going to be for your husband, but he will rule over you. So it's.
1: And we definitely see in wanna shine the spotlight a little bit. Like I know we're tough on ladies because ladies you're our primary audience, you know, but there are there are reasons why um the admonitions in scripture to husbands are to love their wives and to be gentle with them and to not exasperate their child like there's reasons. Like men have it too. They <clears throat> they have their admonitions too. And I don't want to go down the rabbit trail of, you know, what about What about isms (laughs) and be like, but they're mean or they don't know how to do it right or whatever. Um, But that's not we have to focus on what God is called us to do and how he has called us to respond and how he has called us to work in our within our role. And um, and you just pray and sick the Holy Spirit on your husband. (laughs) (laughs) Convict him of things. And yeah, so now how do we, um, there's also another one, it's 1 Peter 3, I didn't Mm -hmm. give the, the full address there. Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives. Again, that's why I said it doesn't matter what your husband's doing, what has God called you to do?
0: All right, so the next verse that we wanted to take a look at is 1 Peter 3, verse 7. This is one that kind of gets our back up when we hear it at face value. And this isn't necessarily saying that women are sinning or more prone to sin in a specific way as compared to men. However, it does call women out as something very specific. Something that may sound derogatory, but it's not. So let's read through this. (laughs) Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel. Oh,
1: man. Weaker vessel. Weaker
0: vessel. We don't think that. Since they are heirs with you. (laughs) (laughs) Of the grace of life so that (laughs) your prayers may not be hindered. And I think it's important to call this out because some people may read this in a negative light and say they are weaker in in will or in an ability to resist temptation or they could correlate it to a specific kind of sin however in looking at the commentaries that are available to us I don't think that's what is meant here and so um I think it is helpful to read a little bit from um the Matthew Henry commentary So he says, because she is the weaker vessel by nature and constitution and so ought to be defended. But then the wife is, in other and higher respects, equal to her husband. They are heirs together of the grace of life, of all the blessings of this life and another, and therefore should live peaceably and quietly with one another. And if they do not, their prayers, one with another and one for another, will be hindered. The weakness of the female sex is no just reason either for separation or contempt, but on the contrary, it is a reason for honor and respect, giving honor to the wife as unto the weaker vessel. So I think that this is, it's important for us to pull out that this is connected again. I think these three verses that we're, we're going to talk about here are all connected to what God intended for the relationship between the husband and the wife and man and woman. God created women to be the weaker, not in the sense of being less intelligent, not in the sense of being innately less moral or less capable of, of um, avoiding temptation broadly or being spiritually advanced, any of those things. However, she was created as we said, to come alongside her husband, to be his helper, to be led, to be protected, to be defended, to be provided for. It's this beautiful thing that God created within mankind, this relationship between men and women. And so when women here are called the weaker vessel and men are told or their husbands are told specifically to give honor to them, it is it is shining light on the beauty of this and on the beauty of the woman in this role in particular and the man's responsibility to treat her with this care and this tenderness and this um, protection and honor um, in light of that. And the last one that we're looking at is First Timothy 2. I do not permit. We're starting in oh. 12. Starting in verse 12. Here we go. It's getting spicy here. It's getting spicy. I do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man. Rather, she is to remain quiet. For Adam was formed first, then Eve. Relating this back to created order. Mm -hmm. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. Ugh. So the argument made here from this verse is that women are innately more susceptible to deception, more gullible, more easily hoodwinked. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've said hoodwinked ever. Yeah. I'm like, wow. So Kristen, what yeah. can you explain that or give us some insight into that? Maybe.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. I guess my thoughts on that are like men have a role specifically husbands because we talked about not every man has an authority over every woman so you'll you'll hear us say men have a role over women but really I just wanted to clarify because I caught myself doing it and I'm hearing that really we're talking about husband and wife relationship and when we say men and women in this context we're talking about a husband and wife um relationship they do have a role to protect and to lead and I I mean it's just had Adam been where he was supposed to be or I mean they're And stood up and protected and defended and honored his wife and stepped in when he should have stepped in. Perhaps, maybe. And this is all very hypothetical because there is no, like, alternate, like, plan A and plan B in God's will. God didn't roll the dice. And just be like, well, plan A was for Eve never to have sinned. (laughs) But, um You know, we see through Adam the faults of what I think men might struggle with. And that is, uh, yeah, coming to their wife's honor when she is met with deception. And I think that, um, yeah, things may have played out differently. If there is such a thing, let's just pretend hypothetically that there was a plan A, an option A, and option B of the plan for this world Um, to be there, to come to Eve's defense and and protect her honor. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: I think that um, husbands have a very similar role in leading their wives in um, spiritual discipline of what she's learning and what she's investing her time into. Mm -hmm. And when that is not there, some women are, you know, may not struggle. And I would say that's the exception and not the rule. I think women can very easily fall into the theologies and philosophies in the world without really realizing and then you have situations where she's being fed and led and nourished even if you go to a bible believing church and a faithful church like what is she regularly being nourished by and um you have these very faithful women seemingly faithful who, at the end of a 20-year marriage, say, well, I'm reconsidering my vows, and I think that I have um, grounds to um, consider that. And this isn't new. This isn't... It's not that it's common. It's just not uncommon. I'm seeing it more. And I think in talking to... Some of these husbands, they realized hindsight's always 2020 20, that they noticed a change when their wife began engaging in certain um, philosophies and entertaining ideas that weren't necess- they were harmless, and then they just rolled with it and just gotten more and more into these philosophies. And then by the time they realize it's too late, she's like, well, I'm not really sure if scripture is really clear on my role as your wife. And if I really, you know, if I really should continue in this marriage. So I'm going to take a, you know, take a break or go discover myself or, you know, or whatever, or I don't know. We end up starting to believe and falling for what Eve fell for, which is Satan creeping in and saying to Eve, did God really say X, Y, and Z? Did God really say that you were to remain married till death do you part? Did he really? We see this in our culture today, that women are beginning to second guess. Did God really say whatever it is, X, Y, and Z? And the men there, the husbands in the situation, um you know, uh, oftentimes are too late to the game or too late to the battle and the damage has already been done. And so I think that's kind of my thought process in speaking to women as, um, you know, being easily deceived.
0: Yeah, again, all all of these, these three examples um, that seem to be very clearly calling women out as something unique either in in weakness as we said that which isn't necessarily a negative or in being more easily deceived mm-hmm. um and then just being part of our curse too being not
1: <laughs> naturally being contentious right Not Na- naturally being just for lack of a better term
0: naturally longing to usurp authority even right. if it's subtle right and not something we're intentionally doing mm-hmm. all of these are rooted in the created order and a distortion of it or a, just a natural intentional consequence or part of what god intended for women mm-hmm. god intended for us to be he created us to be led not brainlessly. We talked about this, right? You still in need our to second be a st- episode. Yeah, we not brainlessly led. Yeah, go back an
1: episode. We still need to be students of the word, which is how one way to guard ourselves, right? There's, um, you know, uh, verses in scripture that talk about, um, you know, guarding ourselves and not being a, a weak-willed woman, and, um, yeah, and it gives us a guidance on. To, and uh, how to protect ourselves from that. And part of that, part of the answer, not the entire answer, but part of the answer is to come under the authority of your husband and, you know, and have him lead and teach and disciple. And, yeah.
0: Right. <clears throat> and the enemy targeted Eve knowing that she was created yeah. to be led. Right. She was created to come alongside her husband. and. Her husband again abdicated his responsibility to mm-hmm. lead her and to teach her. And so even when it says here, I don't permit a woman to have authority over the man, right? The first reason is not that she was deceived. The first reason is that she came from Adam. Adam right. was created first. Right. It's this, it's the created order. That's what God intended. God intended woman to be led by the man, not because she's brainless, not mm-hmm. because she's and that's, that's kind of the issue that women usually bring up when it comes right. to submitting. Well, I can do that. Right. I could do that. Yeah. So why, there, well, Yeah, it's not you know. a lack
1: of ability. And it's not even a cultural thing because I had, um, you know, in talking with people, and I think it's a, a thing that comes up well, like women weren't very educated back in the ancient times. And so they were, you know, it wouldn't make sense for them to have a teaching authority over men because they weren't educated that wasn't something that the ancient times um in that era like advocated for their focus was on the home and home management and that type of thing so of course Paul would write that because that's just cultural
0: yeah yeah that argument but it's not just
1: cultural because and he qualifies that with going back to the created order we were created for man Eve was deceived first so he actually answers people's a rebuttal, even though that wouldn't have been a rebuttal necessarily back then. Of like, well, it's just cultural. Well, no, Paul gives the reason on why, and it's not a cultural thing. It's a, our nature thing. It's our just natural propensity for.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, what about what? What do you say, Kristen, to somebody that says, you know, or asks you, is it true? Is it true? That women are naturally more emotional than men. I think that's something that we hear a lot. Yeah, that's true. Um,
1: I'm saying it's true that people say that.
0: (laughs) Biblically, at least. Let's let's think about scripture. Do we have any reason to believe that from scripture?
1: I would say that both men and women are equally emotional. They just express different emotions Mm -hmm. and fall into um, different kinds of sins. Again, it's, yeah. Um, in proverbs it there's just all kinds of proverbs about men not drinking too much not giving into their lustful nature in in regards to women and controlling their anger those are the three things that you can just off the top of my head rattle off now proverbs also deals with women and and stuff and i would say (laughs) that uh That women have a problem with being quarrelsome and being nagging,
0: perhaps. Yeah, we'll get into all that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get into all that shortly. But like, so you're saying that scripture warns against a propensity towards certain sins. Absolutely. It may not be the case across the board that all men are angry or that women do not struggle with anger. Yeah. I know that's something that I have learned as a woman that I yeah. really have to be careful yeah. to work against. Yeah, I thought I was really anger. patient until I had kids right. actually.
1: Right. <laughs> so I thought I was a very patient person.
0: Right. Nope. Yeah. And I've heard a lot I've heard that a lot from women um when they become mothers yeah. that they say I never thought I struggled with anger until yeah. I became a mother and I had to discipline and control myself. Yeah. So it may not be across the board that all men struggle with anger, but we can look at Scripture and say, well, Scripture warns against this in specific ways towards specific people. So it, they probably have—it's going to be yeah. more tempting to them right. in the roles that they have there. What about, like, more nurturing? Do you think women are just naturally more nurturing? These are kind of, like, cultural stereotypes, I think, that are worth chatting about because Christians do kind of buy into it. At least I've seen it.
1: yeah. Um, Are women more nurturing? Yes. Yes, I think women are more nurturing. They are, well, we could go into the science. Like, I don't even have, like, I'm trying to validate it with, like, science (laughs) instead of the Bible. Um, But, yeah, I just think given the created order of things, Mm -hmm. again, what God – gave Eve to do and the things that God gave women to do in their roles. Um, he also equipped them with emotions. They are not um, untouched by the fall. And so we'll get into that where women tend to struggle. Um, but yeah, yes, I do think that right. women are more nurturing for a very good reason.
0: Yeah. They yeah. bear children. Yeah. I mean, even I'm not, I never thought I was a kid person. Until I had my own kids, I'm a my kid person. I'm I, sorry. Yes, I'm a my kid. And, my kid and yeah. Even
1: some, uh, I mean, certain people's kids, I just love as my own. But I am not. Yeah, I'm. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, I'm
1: not my. I'm not. I. I don't love everybody's kids. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and I love that you said that women are naturally more nurturing because I know that you and I are very similar and that we're not a let's cuddle and like <laughs> talk about your feelings for seven hours type Yeah, we are very much like problem solvers yeah. when somebody is in a, in a sin issue or any sort of uh-huh. life issue we are very much about what can we do here yeah. Um, and
1: not I mean yeah
0: so it doesn't come naturally to us to so rub your back cuddle and, and give you a snuggle yeah yeah but I think you're right it is very much connected to the created order and that doesn't mean that every woman is going to feel like a nurturing person I love right. that you brought in that of course, like we have been affected by the fall, mm-hmm. like this isn't this doesn't mean that across the board, no one's gonna struggle with something or right everybody's gonna struggle with this, or women are all gonna act this way, but right,
1: and yeah normatively,
0: and, right. And you know, you
1: can fall on either side of the pendulum, right of like being too overly emotional with your kids and never addressing you know maybe heart issues or sudden issues and being more of a disciplinary and you're more of a pushover. And you can fall off the, what, uh, not off the wagon. <laughs> if Yeah, don't fall off the wagon. Stay on it. Um, but you can fall off on the other side of the fence. That's what I meant to say. Um, where you can just be a dictator and just unbearable to be around because you are so rigid and there is no grace. There is nothing. And your emotions can, you just lack empathy for your kids. Um, yeah, so. Uh, yeah, you, one side of the fence isn't more godly or whatever. It's just yeah, it's not. It, it, yeah, right. Anyway, yeah, I don't know if that made sense at all. <laughs> it did. Okay,
0: <laughs> so we the reason that we wanted to bring this up and really look at you know we've looked at the roles we did a very high level basic foundational look at you know um, a woman's role in the family and in the church and in society. And now we want to look at, the the reason that we want to look at specific character qualities that God calls women, women very particularly to cultivate or to avoid is because there are going to be unique temptations and unique challenges that women alone experience in the roles that God has called them to. A husband does not know what it is to be a wife. Um, he doesn't know what it is to have to submit to a husband. Um, and how there are going to be, as we've already seen in her desire will be for her husband, Mm -hmm. um, that there are going to be unique temptations in the life of somebody who has been called to submit to her husband or, or any person who's, you know, fallen, but still So my cat is attacking me over here. I have a brand new kitten. Um, so we wanted to take a look at these, um, because I, I think it is very relevant and, um. So the first one we wanted to kind of look at was in 1 Peter 3. Talk from uh, verse 1 through 6. And I will read this and let Kristen weigh in on it because she had some really good thoughts about it. Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives when they see your respectful and pure conduct. Do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a quiet or a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious.
1: Yeah, I had a couple of thoughts. One, I know you're hitting, we're hitting ladies hard. Well, that's our audience. (laughs) Um, You ladies. But. You know, you can say, well, my husband, he is maybe perhaps not a believer or he is not leading how you think he should, or he doesn't help out with the housework that you think he should, or he doesn't parent how he should, all these things. He's just failing miserably. And, you know, you would just be so much more successful as a wife if he just did his job. (laughs) Well. And but we see here in um just right off the bat in the first verse that or the first couple of verses, um, that your husband can be won over without a word by the conduct of your wife. And I just kind of want to call women back to like, don't pay attention to what your husband is or isn't doing. That's not your job. Your job is not to sit and be critical and to be nagging and to um I mean yes I'm not saying don't bring up things there's a way to go about bringing up things I'm not saying if he's you know not being kind or doing things that you just have to be like in subjection to 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 that so that's not what I'm saying but what I am saying is like you've had these discussions he's still not folding the towels with the line on the bottom he still puts the diapers on backwards on your baby and, you know, he still is doing all these things. You let the Lord deal with him and just be faithful in your conduct um, and do what, what, what God has called you to do so that, and it's, you know, so that your, your husband can be won over by, by your conduct, that when they see that you are respectful, the scripture says and pure in your conduct um so that's my first thought is um people women well not just women people in general can look to the to look to the other inside well what about so and so what about I mean my kids do it all the time what about this what about that I've mentioned it in our other episodes um, and my answer to them is like, I don't care what so-and-so did. What did I ask you to do? What did I ask? How did I ask you to behave? How did I ask you to react? And this is how God is asking us to react when our husbands might be less than, um, m- missing the mark is, um, to be respectful,
0: um, or they and maybe- to be
1: pure in conduct.
0: They may yeah. be entirely rebellious towards God too. Yeah, it may absolutely. not be it may not just be a matter of preference. Preference or yeah. I I yes, don't feel like point. he's pulling his weight with the housework or something like right. this. It could be my husband is an unbeliever. Yeah. And I've been saved in this marriage. Yeah. And my my instinct or my impulse is to preach him into the kingdom. I'm going yeah. especially when you're a woman who is unequally yoked, um, and you feel you have to carry the weight of being the spiritual authority in your own home because your husband's not a believer, yeah, so you're the one that is um kind of leading your own spiritual walk. and so the the uh, temptation is to come alongside your husband and give him the gospel, give him the gospel, give him the gospel. yeah, and that's not to say that there isn't room to give your husband the gospel. Absolutely. Yeah. however, um it it really this is really a situation, and I think, um, You're not going to nag your husband into the kingdom. No, or into (laughs) obedience in any way. It could just be a matter of, you know, my husband, because there are things that are very clearly sin in scripture. Adultery is sin. Mm -hmm. Uh, A defiling of the marital bed is sin. Mm -hmm. So those types of things, if your husband asked you to sin, you could very clearly say, well, you know, no, scripture is very clear here. We can't. Uh, have an open marriage, right. something like that. Right. However, there are a lot of things in Scripture where, in order, where it's up for interpretation. That doesn't mean right. that God doesn't have a very clear intention for what He's commanding, right. but there isn't always this clear line. There are issues where, even within the church, among people who are very faithful to Scripture, uh, there's a divide in what people believe in uh, baptism or mm-hmm. in. Even like an issue like circumcision in that regard where a woman may say, well, I feel like my husband is off the mark here, mm-hmm. but I can't, you know, I have to submit and I i just want to preach at him until he changes his mind <laughs> and comes along yeah. and like, I want to be his teaching authority here. Right. And that's, I mean, there's just, there's this totally otherworldly spiritual wisdom here it's completely opposite of everything that we would think we should do Mm -hmm. when God says quiet yeah win him without a word and that doesn't mean that we can't ever speak up I mean we are to be our we are to be a friend and a counselor and to to do that in like a very respectful um very intentional way however by and large How are we to how are we to deal with a husband who is not obedient to the word or we even we think he isn't. Right.
1: Yeah. No, you brought up really, really excellent points. Um, The other part of the section um, of the scripture in first Peter three is do not let your adorning be external. And some um, versions say merely external. Um, the braiding of your hair and putting on jewelry, or the clothing that you wear, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart, with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's eyes is very precious. And I just love, I love that because here we have um, God actually defines what being beautiful is, and that is a woman. Um, With a gentle and quiet spirit, and um, which is um, all emotions (laughs) being gentle and quiet are emotions that we can get into later. But I just wanted to pull out something that struck me, that I think we, especially today, um, have a propensity to as women, um, is we can fall into into the temptation of our of our of of adorning ourselves and having it appear that we have it all together and that we exercise more discipline in making it look like we have everything all together than actually disciplining ourselves into what God considers to be a beautiful woman and what beauty actually is and you know, having it all together in a, um, Christian, I mean, even within the Christian community, we, um, have, we can fall into these, um, little temptations of appearing to have it all together by how we, um, how we decorate, how we, um, school our children, how we, um, yeah just those are just some examples and uh but then we're just yeah there's a there's a right there's a godly way and an ungodly way to approach all those things and even if you decide let's say to homeschool your children yes in and of that self that I think is a great way to educate your child but if you're doing it for mere appearances sake because this is the culture that you were that you're in, but you're screaming and yelling at your kids all day. Um, this is this is a way the scripture can be applied here is you are not gentle, you are not quiet. you are not working on the things that God really sees as beautiful mm-hmm. and, um, Anyway, I just say that because we're in the season of where everybody is homeschooling now and <laughs> and that we need to be reminded on while you know homeschooling may be better perhaps um, but to really focus on uh, putting spiritual practices in your life that is not going to just appear that you, have it all together but you're actually producing fruit that is a good um that is a gentle and in quiet spirit right so that was just kind of my my thoughts on that part on that portion
0: yeah and i mean also just if we're thinking about the um just the more direct admonition against focusing on external beauty as compared to internal character Mm -hmm. I think the reason that this is so pertinent to women, especially in our culture today, is that there is so much emphasis in our culture yeah. on almost preserving your body yeah. and your beauty Yep, in this like teenage, yeah. right on the verge of puberty type, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and there's this Like, you're Um, supposed to be
1: this museum of yourself, your best version. I mean, you hear it all the time, be the best version of you. Which, I'm not saying that you shouldn't be healthy, because I know that that's a component to that. But people literally are trying, like you said, to preserve their maybe just pubescent (laughs) self. Yes. Like, after having a child or several. And is that really the discipline... That we're talking about here. Is that really beautiful? Is that, is that the kind of beauty that God is speaking of in scripture?
0: Yes. Society yeah. absolutely objectifies women. And really insinuates, at least with their marketing and with what pop culture is eating up, especially in Hollywood and in music. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're saying to women that this is where your value is found. in this external beauty and you have to preserve your skin and preserve your hair and have the right you know fat and there's there's nothing wrong with adorning yourself physically um as we talked about in another episode we are both body and spirit your body is valuable how you care for your body matters um styling your clothing is something that the Proverbs 31 woman, yeah. is commended for. Yeah. Um, her household is clothed Even, in purple yeah. and fine linen. Yeah. Her I'm whole sure Yes. Yep. Uh-huh. I'm not quoting that wrong. No, um, you got it. Yeah. So there, it's not that there's no place for it or we have to walk around in like a potato sack. Mm-hmm. But – or the
1: long skirt the long denim skirts and
0: if you, know, you like denim skirts, that's cool. Fine. Dude. That, that was cool. a style
1: in the nineties and it was cool and that's fine if that's what you like. But that's not <laughs> what,
0: you know. Anyway. But it's not God God wants us to not merely be focused right. on the externals because your beauty will fade. Your body is going to, I like to be as extreme as possible when I talk to people about this. Mm-hmm. Um, your body, your skin is going to literally like be sagging off of your bones yeah. by the time you die. If you live a long life, you're going to yeah. have jowls. You're going to have warts. You're going to have hairs. You're going to have mm-hmm. yeah. big ears. You're going to have, yeah. you know, you're gonna there's, have, yeah. we don't leave, you know, we don't age well. If you get to a certain point, you know, yeah. there's still beauty. People, you can still yeah. see this.
1: <laughs> I tell people I work, I worked in a nursing home. For several years before I became a nurse, and I didn't find one hot, sexy, 90-year-old man or woman. Everybody's just... Just hanging on by a thread.
0: And that's not to say these people aren't beautiful. Right. Or that yeah. if you're in that in that season of life, so this isn't to diss anybody that's there. No. It's to say that we shouldn't be focused, hyper-focused on preserving our body in this perfect state. Our body is a tool to be used. And right. women in particular are going to have a propensity to focus on preserving and adorning the external, partly because culture is saying. That's what makes you valuable is your mm-hmm. external beauty. Yeah. That's what makes you valuable. That's what turns heads. That's what gets you attention. Mm-hmm. that That's what makes your voice heard. Um, beyond that, women go through childbearing, which is a whole lot of stretching and shrinking and stretching and shrinking and weight gain so and much. weight loss and weight <laughs> gain and weight yeah. gain and more weight gain and <laughs> veins and stretch marks and all kinds of yeah. stuff. You're giving your body up for these children that God gives you. Um, Or maybe you're going, you have a chronic illness or there's just, there's so many things that we're going to, we're going to go through as women that are going to change our body. That's going to make it harder for us to keep up, um, health wise and all of that. And so we, we have this temptation here and it's important for us to recognize that in the gentle and quiet, quiet spirit, um, Nancy Wilson, we love Nancy, Nance, (laughs) we love her. Um, her podcast Femina is amazing. Um, and all of her books are fantastic, mm-hmm. but I love the picture that she gives. I think it's in um, what was it? Oh, it was in um, was it Bird in the pra- or which learning contentment or? What do you want to say? And then I'll know. Sorry, <laughs> I'm we, talking about. We're not
1: quite at our relationship where we can telepathically communicate.
0: <laughs> <laughs> fine. Um, it's about where she talks about the picture of the lake that's undisturbed. It's like unruffled. She thinks of like a glass lake where the surface of the water is just perfectly smooth. I think that was in her contentment book. okay yes I we've read a lot of her books and I get it all mushed together yes. but she talks about a gentle and quiet spirit being like a lake that is just entirely mm-hmm. undisturbed and the surface is like glass and it's just smooth. There's not a ripple in it. And everything around it, there could be crazy winds and crazy things going on around it. But this lake is just perfect and serene. And so a gentle and quiet spirit doesn't necessarily mean that you're not um, a lively person or you don't have personality and pizzazz or anything like that. It's about uh, being unruffled. And this leads right into the next verse. Where it's talk, so it says, um, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. For this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves by submitting to their own husbands as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. And you are her children if you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening. So the gentle and quiet spirit is directly connected to this fearlessness and also submitting to your husband. You are being led by someone who is going to get it wrong sometimes. And even when they're getting it right, we've already talked about this in the curse, you are going to be tempted to disagree with the decisions that they're making. From time to time, mm-hmm. at the very least, at the very least, at the very least Maybe you're your going to be tempted, <laughs> like we just talked about, to try to argue them into your way of thinking instead of winning them over without a word. And so we're talking about Sarah obeying Abraham. Abraham told Sarah, hey, say you're my sister. Yeah, So that I don't get killed.
1: <laughs> yeah, because he wants to take you. This king, He, you're he, hot, first of all. And this king <laughs> is hot. probably going to want you for his wife. So I don't die. We're just going to pretend to be um, brother, brother and, and sister. sister. And then, you know, hopefully he doesn't ask for your hand in marriage. I mean, could you imagine if your husband, <laughs> like said, but she submitted to him and God blessed her for her.
0: Um, for that. Yeah. I'm going to take her. our son, Sarah. I'm going to take our yeah. son up. Yeah. Could you imagine? Don't have a sacrifice with me. Yeah. But uh, it'll be cool.
1: God told me. <laughs> like, she just... <laughs> you know, it doesn't say what Sarah's reaction. I've always wondered that I'll have
0: to ask her. Or it doesn't even say what the what yeah. the exchange was or if right. she knew any better. Yeah. she She... Be like, where's? Found Amber? out later, and was like, <gasps> "You did what?" <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. But this is the person who didn't fear, who called Abraham Lord, and didn't fear yeah. anything that was frightening. Right, this gentle and quiet spirit. If we think of, yeah, the is picture, really
1: brave. Yeah. and courageous bravery. And yeah, is not um, tossed about through the trials that she's. Sorry, that was my phone. Um, through she, uh, yeah, she's yeah somebody with a gentle and quiet spirit is not ruffled by the trials that she is going through um she approaches them fearlessly and courageously
0: and faithfully and yeah so wives submit to your own husbands as to the lord for I'm the husband's theme here Yeah, I'm just going to hit. We're just going to hit because here, where's the temptation here? We're called to submit. Yeah. So the the Lord gives us these commands here. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything again. And you'd be surprised how how often this verse is necessary to bring to bear yeah. when you're having conversations with one another. I mean even in just just among friends. Yeah. Because our tendency as women is to say in everything though,
1: in everything. In
0: everything. Yeah. Is he not just the tiebreaker in these big, big decisions? Like, is he mm-hmm. really to lead in everything? Am I to submit to him in everything that seems unreasonable? No husband would ever require that of me, not if he really loved me right it says as as to the Lord mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it's rough.
1: Um, but men are also husbands are also required to submit um so we are not there is not this hierarchy of um yeah this caste system (laughs) of power and we are at the bottom totem right sorry i lost my train of thought no it's okay (laughs) I was just trying to recall um, something that I think Rebecca Merkel said, how, and man, I wish I had the quote, go read her book, but how um, people, especially in Hebrew, you see it a lot, um, speak in superlatives, the holy of holies, the king of kings, Um, those were the superlatives. Like we have our, you know, best better bestest it's not really <laughs> i homeschool <laughs> but you know what i mean like all the this is good this is better this is best that's a superlative uh there's your english lesson for the day <laughs> and so the hebrews had uh had this uh concept down so they would do king of kings and and lord of lords and holy of holies and stuff and so um she just drew out like it's not we're not the further away from God like the holy of holies was like the crown of the holies and that's kind of women are the crown of creation Mm -hmm. and so it's not this totem flipped on its end with women down at the bottom but we are kind of like the crown of creation we are Mm -hmm. the glory of glories if if men are a glory to God and women are a glory to men. We are the glory of glories of creation, and so it. Um, she speaks to like this. It's not a. Hi- it's not a hierarchy. It's women are the sup- the superlative of all of creation, and it was just a really cool thing I'd never thought about or never yeah. heard of. And so when we look at this, you know, wives submitting to the husbands, and husbands submitting to Christ, and Christ to the Father, we see this. Um, this superlative, um, like, literary mm-hmm. kind of speech that um, Paul is, is, is writing in. And it was just a really cool way to, to think about that, that um, was there anything less than when Christ submitted to the Father? No, it was glorious, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it accomplished great things. And so how even more so to have the glory of glories of creation women Mm -hmm. to accomplish great things. And so it's just a very empowering way
0: to look at, um, to look at that. Right. And if we think about, you know, what we talked about in episode two about the creation mandate and that when we are submitting to our husbands and our husbands are leading us, Ideally, and this is, this is why I think God needs to give us these reminders and these commands here in Scripture um, and these warnings, is because we are living in a fallen world. Our husbands are not infallible. They're sinful. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not going to do this perfectly. And our temptation is going to be to doubt and to give ourselves loopholes, ways out. Yeah, did God really say? Did God really say? Do yeah. we really have to do this? Because He can't be serious. Did God in really say me? that I have to submit to my husband? Did He really? Right. In everything. In everything. Right. Yeah. No. Because they're gonna, be. there's gonna be a lot of there's gonna be a lot of times yeah. where we are tempted to be fearful and where we are tempted to doubt our husbands. But in this ideal picture, He would be leading us in the right direction 100 mm-hmm. percent of the time, and there is. This picture of Christ in the church in marriage, within marriage. And we are, within this mar- marital covenant, we are called to image that. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, we are to submit in everything. And um, I think it's important for us to just keep keep calling out here that this there's going to be this unique temptation among women to say, really, everything? And you may not have gotten there yet. And that does not mean that, you know, we could flip it and say, well, the the point of this is for men to come in and read this verse and say, you must submit to everything. You must, you are not allowed to go to the bathroom until I say you can mm-hmm. go to the bathroom. You must wear your hair in such and such a way. And mm-hmm. to almost fall into the curse of he's going to, do- he's going to rule over you in this ungodly way, in this yeah. tyrannical way. Yeah. Right. That's not the point here. Um. But I think the reason that this warning is given is, well, one, because we are to image the relationship between Christ and the church. And what that means for us is that we do submit to the lead of our husbands and everything, because our husbands are called to love us as Christ loved the church. Right. Um, but also because we're going to be uniquely tempted to doubt and to try to find loopholes and to mm-hmm. say, well, do we really have to submit in this? Because this is unreasonable. This yeah. doesn't seem... You know, and of course, I, I think it's important to have the disclaimer here if your husband is calling you to sin in an explicit explicit way, and I say explicit in that scripture is very clear that this is sin, right? Not just, well, I personally think. That scripture says this, even though that's not my husband's interpretation mm-hmm. and so now my conscience is bound to my personal interpretation of scripture, and he could never ask me to violate that that's a really good way of usurping your husband's authority mm-hmm. and and not allowing him to be the teaching authority yeah um, we can get into that in another episode I'm sure we'll have plenty of plenty of um of reason yeah. to have one just on submission and what that looks like in marriage practically and all the different mm-hmm. pitfalls and stuff like that. Yeah. And we're but, preaching to ourselves, by the way. <laughs> all of it. Yeah. What was I saying, though? I just mom-brained.
1: Um, You were talking about submission. <laughs> <laughs> and how... um. Like husbands can't come in or shouldn't come in and just use the scriptural to rule in a tyrannical way, but that the purpose of the scripture is to remind us women to um oh. submit,
0: yeah, yeah, if he's not if he's asking you to explicitly sin, yes, in that scripture has been very clear that this is sin, adultery is sin, right, you know, um having an open marriage. Mm-hmm. Multiple partners in any, partners is in any sin. way. Yeah. In, yeah. Um, stealing money from your parents is sin. Right. You know, fudging on your taxes, any sin. anything yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, violating a contract that you have. Those things are clearly sin in scripture. Um, so we are not saying that you need to submit to your husband and everything in that regard. However, in the unclear, in the unclear things or the things where there's room for yeah. Him to have teaching authority and scripture is not explicitly clear, then, yeah. Yep. yep. Like your hair. If he wants you to braid your hair, braid your hair. He wants you to have long hair. Have long hair. Have long hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not to say that your husband, you know, it's a loving thing for your husband to say, you know, you must wear this shade of lipstick every day. You know, whatever floats your boat. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever floats his boat, I guess. Yeah. But you know what? Your your life is not your own. You're here to serve the Lord. And, and if the Lord says, wear yeah. that shade of lipstick because he's not asking you to sin, wear the dang lipstick. Yeah. There's yeah. How horrible bad, is moment. it to
1: have a husband's like, I find you hot and sexy for having that. Is that okay to say?
0: Hot and sexy? Hot and
1: sexy. Yes. Hot and sexy in the marriage context, we of do. course. Um, when hot. your hair is long and you wear red lipstick. Like... Man, what a horrible life you lived if that is what your husband is like. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or even if he wants you to jerry curl your hair. I mean, yeah. uh, you he wants you to have a jerry curl even... mullet. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. You mullet. never know. I'm just saying, yeah. have it. You live yeah. 80 years and then eternity. Yeah. Have your jerry curl mullet. There you go. Oh, my <laughs> okay.
1: gosh. I can't even. All right, let's
0: <laughs> I'm thinking, coming to America, let your soul glow. <laughs> okay. Sorry. All right, moving on. Speaking of the wives of deacons and overseers oh, in man. First Timothy 3, mm-hmm. first and foremost, I think it's important for us to say, this does not mean that only they are called to be these wonderful things. If anything, we should say, Somebody who is an example and, uh, oh, yeah, Kristen over here. Kristen, you better meet this requirement, (laughs) girl. Oh, I'm like, Elder's wife over here. Elder's wife over here. Yeah. But are are you only, are you only to be, their wives likewise must be dignified, Mm -hmm. not slanderers, but Mm -hmm. sober-minded, faithful in all things. What does that mean to you, elder's wife? Nailed it.
1: No, (laughs) I don't. I think it um
0: what was that can you read it to me again Their wives likewise yes. must be dignified, dignified. Okay. Yep. not slanderers uh-huh but sober minded yeah faithful in all things yeah um okay what does that mean to me no um
1: so yeah I think it I think a lot of it has to do with um What is your reputation? Uh, What? Yeah. (laughs) I know I'm being, that's kind of very subjective, but you, it would be difficult to be in leadership. If every time there was, um, man, something, well, I can kind of speak a, a little bit. So we're a, church plant, and we've going on seven years now. Um, and it would not do my husband's soul or my pastor's soul or confidence any justice if we, when we hit hard times a couple of years ago where we're like, okay, this is make it or break it time. If I was just the biggest naysayer and just the biggest Debbie Downer and uh, that was there in the church. Um, it's, yeah, it's recognizing that it is the Lord who builds the church and and just to demonstrate um, just faithfulness in that um, faithfulness in serving, even when it is very sacrificial in your season um, and faithfulness in scripture when you yourself hit personal, season, uh, personal rough patches and that, yeah, that this woman has demonstrated um, reliability in good seasons and in bad seasons when she demonstrates contentment um, might be a better word. In um, trials and in um, all different kinds of of her life, and she goes about it in a in a dignified way. Um, so yeah, and that's just her general reputation. And yeah, that she isn't a gossip and a slander and a you know other scripture mentions a busybody and stuff, mm. but that she um, is encouraging to your to your walk with the lord and to her kids and yeah that she carries a a kind of reputation and is seen um as that yeah
0: yeah i think this is a good thing for us to meditate on even as women who are not of your rank oh my gosh (laughs) i'm just gonna keep giving you (laughs) crap about it but um because because the thing that really sticks out to me because of my own experience in churches um, in this passage is where it talks about not being a slanderer yeah. and how grateful I am for for that in regards to the wives of elders and overseers because church discipline is happening, very intimate mm-hmm. marital counseling is happening. Yeah. Um, I mean, the the church is full of families that need help and are, mm-hmm. are sinful and struggling yeah. with all kinds of things and if that woman was a gossip how how would that just destroy a church yeah. from the inside out absolutely but beyond that how much does it destroy a church for us normal women to be that way too Yeah. That's not to say that we are free to be slanderers. It's to say this is the example of what's gonna preserve the peace and the unity Mm -hmm. of the church is to be this type of woman. Yeah. And not only are the wives of overseers and elders to be this, Mm -hmm. we are to be for the for the same reason. Mm -hmm. We're we're called to build up the church into maturity and to safeguard the church. Yeah. And as women we are prone to i think because as women we are a little more um, just typically not everybody but generally we are a little more open with one another about feelings and struggles and challenges that's a unique temptation to women and we can tend to to do the thing where we say oh gosh you know you really need to pray for so and mm-hmm. so because i heard this and mm-hmm. she's just I normally wouldn't say anything, but she's really struggling right now, and their mm-hmm. marriage is just right on the brink. So don't say mm-hmm. that I told you, mm-hmm. but you pray. And then that person says, well, okay, don't tell anybody that I told you, but right. we need pray. You know, it's just, it's a wildfire, and women are uniquely prone to engage <laughs> in this type of thing, unfortunately. Yeah, fan that wildfire. Um, yeah. yeah. I, oh, here we go. Okay. So in First Timothy 5, there's a related passage. And this is talking about how to deal with widows in the church that are older mm-hmm. and widows that are younger. And I think that there's there's room for us to receive some instruction here from this passage. Because if we are not adequately focused on our home, we can act a little bit like widows. In in this so, Mm -hmm. going to verse um eleven. But refuse to enroll younger widows, for when their passions draw them away from Christ, they desire to marry, and so incur condemnation for having abandoned their former faith. Besides that, they learn to be idlers, going about from house to house, and not only idlers, but also gossips Mm -hmm. and bitty bodies, busy bitty bodies, (laughs) bitty. You're just a little bitty. I'd like a bitty body. But also gossips and busybodies saying what they should not. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a there's a risk here of us acting like those who do not have a household to tend to mm-hmm. when we're not putting our hands to the plow and focusing on the ways of our house and mm-hmm. doing the work that God has set before us. And this isn't the direct application, but I just thought of it when we were talking about um, slanderers busybodies gossips idlers going from house to house mm-hmm. thinking about our time on facebook yeah when we're sitting on the couch and letting our house go hey facebook is off limits you can't social media is off i'm speaking limits. to myself Here. you know i'm so oh. i'm the worst no <laughs> i'm i'm the worst about this but you're the first to like my comments <laughs> Immediately, you comment, like, like, like." (laughs) you're like, whoa, she's right there. She's
1: watching. (laughs) She's stalking me. No, I don't know that. I'm just, I was, Ash is not the first. It's, yeah. (laughs) But no, it's so true. Like, if I looked at my screen time, which is exaggerated because I let my daughter um, watch screens today on my phone. And so I'm like, yeah, it says five hours of screen time because I'm sure I let my four year old watch five hours. No, not really. But yeah, it a little bit adds up. And um, I have, you know, in my own personal life, I have had to delete notifications on my phone because it's just a distraction from the work, (laughs) from the field of work that I have out before me, which is, you know, homeschooling for kids is not an easy task and can be drug out for all day if I am not paying attention to it. And that is really my first calling and not what everybody else's business is on um on the Facebook or the Pinterest or the Marco Polo or the, what else do I have the Inst- I'm not as much an Instagrammer but
0: um, we're learning we're learning we're learning for you guys <laughs> we're, both, we're both like how do you no this was <laughs> me I'm like I can't figure out how to
1: post a post to Instagram yeah because my Facebook account coincides my personal one coincides with my personal Instagram so if I want to just share something to Instagram I share it through my Facebook so I don't actually know how to navigate my Instagram and I just downloaded TikTok yesterday so I can open up these funny videos that I have a friend that sends me just for the sole purpose and I'm like just what I need another distraction but her videos are so funny that she sends me it's a temptation I should delete it (laughs)
0: It's just a good, it's a good reminder of how important it is for us to be about the work of our household. Yes. And if you are legitimately a widow. Yeah. And you're younger. Get married. Go get married. The direct application I know lots of good, not lots. I know a couple.
1: Matchmaker over there. I am really good at matchmaking. I am one, one for one. (laughs) I put together a couple and they got married.
0: Good work. Yeah. Should start a reality show. I know I should. All I'm right. too hard on people though.
1: No. <laughs> like, That's
0: probably makes you
1: good. I'm like, there's a reason why you're single. No. <laughs> <laughs> Go fix this. <laughs> Just teasing.
0: There's another there's another verse that you brought up that I think was really interesting that we should get into because we kinda looked into the commentaries on this and talked to husbands and all right, but understand this. We're talking Second uh, Timothy 3. Oh. Understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, oh, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power, Avoid such people. Four among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women burdened with sins and led astray by various passions, always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had to
1: solicit my theologically gifted husband. Um on this, because I'm like, what does this mean exactly? The weak willed. I was stuck on the weak willed. We were both. Well, maybe I was stuck. Ashley is never. I feel like never stuck on <laughs> anything. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm here, right? That is not true. <laughs> <laughs> she sends me all these like commentaries, and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, that's what I should have done. Instead I'm so of sorry. It. It's like eleven o'clock at night, and I'm like, screenshot, screenshot. <laughs> um, yeah. And now after we had all those conversations. So what does weak-willed mean? Cuz that seems really offensive. What what does it what what's uh, a translation of that?
0: I think it's even more offensive I when know. you look in so tell us yeah. what Scott said the Greek means there.
1: I was asking you cuz I actually forgot what he said it means. Silly
0: little women. Oh yes, that's right. <laughs> and John Calvin says the same silly women. Silly women and you're like that is so rude. And what was so interesting is Mm -hmm. that, and this is not what we were expecting to pull out of this, but it says they creep, these are false teachers. So this Mm -hmm. is speaking to false teachers who creep into households by targeting the women. Yeah. So it's a very intentional deception and a creeping Mm -hmm. into the households by targeting women who are weak-minded. And targeting women specifically because, as we've said, They are, yes, they are more easily deceived Mm -hmm. because of the created order. This is what God intended for women to be led, for men to lead, Mm -hmm. for women to be taught, for men to teach, that sort of thing. So, and I just want to clarify here
1: um, we are not saying that women are silly, obviously. Some are. Some. I'm saying this. You can be. Verse says. Yeah. Some are like, those silly little women, they do this and this and this and that. That's kind of the tone that is said here. I just wanted to clarify that.
0: Yeah, we're saying don't be,
1: don't be, and one that of those. this
0: is what is so interesting is that you are a you you are a either a defense of your household mm. or you are an entry point for false teaching. Mm. Your husband is called to be the teaching authority and the spiritual leader of your home, but false teaching can creep into your house Mm -hmm. if you are not aware of your own weaknesses, Mm -hmm. your own um, tendency Mm -hmm. to be led in the wrong direction if you're not careful. Right. And these aren't ignorant women. They are.
1: Well, in the sense of, like, it says that they are always learning and never able to arrive at the knowledge of truth. So they're always, they're always learning.
0: Yeah. They're always something. looking for the next new thing. <laughs> yeah,
1: they're always learning That's something. thing.
0: Yeah. And yeah. That, that was another thing that was in the commentaries, too, is that these women, in particular, mm-hmm. are always being tossed about. Look, They want to hear. They have itching ears. Yeah. They're ready to hear the next new thing. They're Ooh. never really rooted or settled on an issue. Mm -hmm. They're just looking, they just want to hear the next, the next thing. And that's what makes them vulnerable too.
1: And I think another thing that makes them vulnerable um, is that says that they're burdened with sins. So these women obviously are not in a community, shall we say, where they are practicing um, confessing sins one to another. Um, and it says in just having that kind of accountability, um, whether that's just their husband leading them in that way where, well, we don't have, we can go to church twice a year, Easter and Christmas. We don't, church is not a big deal. Church, you know, it's, if we, if we're free this Sunday and have nothing better to do. So, um, it, it could very well be just the way that a husband is led, but, um, yeah, it says that they're burdened with sins and they're led astray by, by various passions. And, um, yeah, that can be a very, again, let's highlight the word led women just innately want to be led. I know that just sounds so dirty. We don't like to hear that, (laughs) but we want to be led. And, uh, yeah, and if we aren't checking ourselves and checking things against Scripture, um, then it yeah we can fall we can fall prey. And if there's any men listening, more of an admonition to be that protector of your household and to check in with your wife, and as Scripture says, to wash her with the Word, and so that you know, that she isn't, she doesn't become, she doesn't become this.
0: I have a winter over here. So I feel like we're kind of we've been pulling out verses that are more along the lines of warnings. I think Mm -hmm. we're heavier on the warnings than the positive admonitions but either way you go I think we could say, you know, if we're warned against being the type of woman who is easily flitting about from one new doctrine to the next never really rooted so what is the positive admonition here the positive admonition would be for us to be rooted in the truth of scripture and not easily led astray mm-hmm. by false teaching yeah um someone who is burdened by various sins and um yeah. And
1: yeah. Burdened by sins and led away by various. Um, yeah.
0: Uh, by various passions. Yeah. Don't be. And that could be like a a motive for being the type of person who's never really settled on any one teaching because you're led by your passions mm-hmm. and you don't want there to be one teaching that you're settled right. on yeah. because it won't fit in your newest thing. Right. Or your new, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. That sort of thing. Yeah, and just kind of
1: going back to, and it just sounds boring, but the, you know, positive character and the positive qualities that we're to focus on back to First Peter 3 is a quiet, peaceable person who is submissive to their own husband and who is doing good right. and who is not fearful. So in there, yeah, we're called to be, Um, not anxious to weather trials well to be courageous in that and to do good and no matter if you're married or if you're single or if you're young or if you're mature those are just really good things that you can do in any season of life of life that you're in
0: yes um and there are so many verses that we are not going to be able to get to this time. Oh, this is something that I think we really need to hit on, though. Sorry. Is <laughs> it the quarrelsome wife yes, yes. Yes. I had so many. I have so many notes here, too. Oh, my goodness. So um, I, I, just a Goes couple more to, to throw curse. in before we get there. Goes so back to our curse. Back to our oh. curse. But before we get there, so I'll just throw out a, a, a couple more, and then we'll get into... Just a trio of verses that Kristen and I really want to hit on. So Proverbs 19, 14, house and wealth are inherited from fathers, but a prudent wife is from the Lord. Mm-hmm. So this commendation of, of being a prudent wife and mm-hmm. cultivating prudence. Yeah. Um, Proverbs eleven twenty two: 22, like a gold ring in a pig's snout is a beautiful woman without discretion. Ouch. And discretion there is um, perception, reason, discernment, intelligence. Without just this wisdom and intentionality. And then we'll get to, um, so these are the verses we really wanted to hit on. Proverbs twenty one nine: It is better to live in the corner of a housetop than in a house shared with a quarrelsome wife. Ouch. Proverbs 19.13. A foolish son is ruined to his father and a wife's quarreling is a continual dripping of rain. Mm-hmm. Proverbs 21.19, it is better to live in a desert land than with a quarrelsome and fretful woman. So we have, in the corner of the housetop, a dripping rain, a desert land. I know. Don't be a quarrelsome wife. Yeah.
1: This is the bad scenario, would you rather, for men. And it says they would take living in a desert over being with a quarrelsome wife. These are the... (laughs) <laughs> Would you rather biblical edition? <laughs> and yeah, and I think um I also wanted to mention, like in it, I'm hopefully we'll make this come full circle. We'll see. We'll see how I get there. But I also wanted to bring out um Proverbs 25-28 with a man who lacks self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. And we as women need to safeguard ourselves by asserting s- self control in not nagging and not being quarrelsome. Because when we do, when we give in to fret, when we give in to worry, when we get in, um, give in to being uh, not peaceful we are make ourselves vulnerable to sin we are like a city broken into and left without walls um you know in in the ancient times they would fortify or build walls around cities to protect them and and so it's likening a city who has good walls who actually has walls around it to a man with self control right that would be um you know what what it's saying here and so um yeah, I was trying to bring that full circle on and now I lost lost it. Totally lost it with the quarrelsome wife thing. But um yeah, so don't be quarrelsome. <laughs> don't be quarrelsome. Have self-control. Have self-control, ladies. Don't be
0: like a city.
1: Don't be like a city with, with broken, broken walls. Yeah, have broken self-control walls. so that you if you have a propensity to to nag and to Um, kind of back authority Um, you are inviting sin into your household you are inviting sin into your marriage you are you um, don't want to be the gateway for that you want to be a fortified city and that doesn't mean that you are to be stoic that doesn't mean that you are to not show emotion right um not at all it doesn't mean you are to even be like a man, that is not what we're saying. But what we are saying is that you are to be, here's some emotions. You are to be quiet. You are to be not anxious. Um, you are to be at peace. You are to be kind um, and, yeah, and courageous, all the things that we mentioned uh, earlier. And so those are things that build, that that fortify yourself, that fortify your house and can fortify your marriage.
0: Right. Yeah. And I don't think this means that men are not quarrelsome in marriage, right. but there's a unique temptation because, to women, because it's easy for us to be critical of those who are in leadership over us. Yeah, Any pastor will tell you that. <clears throat> right. They've exactly. got, yeah. there's no decision. I'm sure there's no decision that a pastor could make that somebody wouldn't have some kind of issue with. Right. And it's because of the position they're in. They have a high level of responsibility. So not only do we find—and not only do we find room to criticize them for their own actions, we make room to blame them for our own actions mm-hmm. because they are responsible for us. Yeah. So it, yeah. with as women in this relationship with our husbands, there's going to be a lot of room for us to pick fights. Mm-hmm. When it comes um to our relationship with our husbands, we have the expectation of being led and protected and provided for and loved, and our husbands are not going to do this perfectly. they're going to fail. We're going to see things that we could call out mm-hmm. so and we may have very real, very, very valid concerns about something our husband is or isn't doing, and like Kristen said, this isn't to say you need to be stoic or emotionless or you can't ever have an issue, but the way that we approach this matters um. This, I mean, I just in my own experience, it is so easy to bury a bigger issue and tell yourself it doesn't matter or that you'll just suck it up, buttercup, mm-hmm. and resentment builds because mm-hmm. you didn't say anything. And you bury it, and resentment builds, and you say it's okay, and resentment builds, and you move along, and resentment builds, and then you find yourself. Inwardly, just generally perturbed at your husband. And instead of dealing with the bigger issue, you start nitpicking all these little things. Yeah. And you see all, and you, you know, start sniping and snipping and doing all of that. And there's just, that's just one example of how this can develop in your marriage. But I think it's important for us to not be quarrelsome when we are approaching our husbands with our concerns. We need to give them grace. Um, we need to, I, so many of these verses are connected. Um, we need to win them without a word if they're being disobedient to the word. Um, we need to overlook an offense. I forget what proverb that is, but mm-hmm. there's just this beauty in overlooking yeah. an offense. <laughs> yeah. And um, and yeah, so I think that is, uh, I think it's, we could look at this and say, well, I'm not that quarrelsome woman because i don't I don't snip and snipe at every little thing, but you could come to your husband over a big thing and you could be a quarrelsome woman. You could still be just as much a nag mm-hmm. depending on how you're approaching it. Mm-hmm. another um another passage that I think we we would definitely encourage you to go and read through. I think this is more of the positive um would be proverbs thirty one and we're focusing on a lot of verses that are not that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> because and, that's the typical. Yeah. That's the one you think of, right? Right. But as far as um, as far as positives go, um, we will link you to a really incredible sermon series on the Proverbs 31 woman that we both listened to. Um, I forget what was that guy's name. So the sermon series that we listen to um is by Kenneth Stewart.
1: Um, you can find it, we found it on Sermon Audio. It's his sermon series on womanhood, and he does a great um, series on Proverbs 31 that we listen to in preparation, well, yeah, in part of our prep work for this episode.
0: Yeah, so we we're getting kind of long here, so mm-hmm. we'll have to wrap it up, but we do commend that sermon series to you. There is just so much. We could do an entire episode on Proverbs 31. I think it's it's tempting to go there, but it's good to kind of look at all the other verses in right. scripture because Titus 2, Proverbs 31, that's not all that we have as women. That it, I mean, really just <clears throat> very specifically directed towards women um, in a very pointed way. So just looking at some of the verses that we've looked at today, we are called to be discreet. We are called to be peacemakers, not... Not approaching our husbands uh in order to incite quarrels with them, to not be quarrelsome. Um, we are called to be prudent, we are called to be dignified. <laughs> My baby's making all kinds of crazy noises. It's cute, dignified, sober-minded, faithful. Um, we are called to continue in faith and love, sanctity, self-restraint, first Timothy two fifteen. Uh, to be gracious gracious woman attains honor, to be submissive, to adorn ourselves in respectable apparel with modesty and self-control with good works. Um, we are just, we are called to have a gentle and quiet spirit to not fear anything that's frightening. There are so many, so many things in scripture that are just uniquely directed towards us and the type of character that we are called to cultivate and the negative character qualities that we should avoid. Um, Is there anything else you want to add to this episode? Mm -mm, No, I think you got it. All right. Well, we will see you on the next episode. We are actually going to be discussing, uh, before we dive into some more practical episodes, um, handling uh, Titus 2 specifically, we're going to have a Titus 2 series. Um, We are going to kind of lay the foundation for um, what the role of the law is in the Christian's life, um, in the justified Christian's life. Mm-hmm. Um, but until then, listen, you can check it out. Okay, okay so out. ladies, go love God,
1: go love your husbands, and go love your kids.